Good morning. Could you guys hear me? Good morning. Good morning. Good? All right, cool. Good morning, family. So it's so great to be with you guys this morning. I'm super excited to be able to preach the word to you guys. And, um, and today, the title of my lesson is Faith in Action. Okay? Faith in Action. Because I wholeheartedly believe that today God can do something amazing, but it all depends on our faith. And we're going to be talking a lot about that today. So before we start, let's pray and uh, let's get right into the message. Uh, God, thank you so much for bringing us here this morning, God. Everything that we have here together is simply because we believe in the Bible. It's crazy when you even put that in perspective that we're ba- we're living, everything we do is by faith. We're just believing that you're working. We're believing that you're, that you're going to use us. And it's amazing because everything that we do is because of our faith. The changes that were made in our lives, the, the incredible victories we're able to experience, all because of faith. Oh God, I pray that this morning that no matter where our faith is, God, that we can have our faith boosted, God, that we, that, that we can leave this morning feeling faithful, feeling excited, God, that even if there's times of, of drought where we feel like our faith isn't where it used to be or we feel like there's things that are just too hard to believe in our lives to change. Uh, Father, I pray that that can change today, uh, God, that our faith can be refined, God, that our faith can boosted, God, in ways that we would never experience or have an experience for. Uh, Father, we love you so much. Speak through me, God, and uh, pray so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, so point number one is what is faith? Very simple, right? What is faith? I remember last year, you know, I was really struggling and, and kind of feeling like going through the motions in my Christianity. Can you relate to that? You know, just kind of Every day, you know, read the scripture, got the Bible app, one verse a day, whatever. Uh, it, it was just like, I mean, I, I just felt like my faith just wasn't, I just wasn't feeling inspired, wasn't feeling, uh, you know, the faith that I needed to really make an impact for God. And for some reason, it just frustrated me. Like, I was just like, man, I, I know the God that I serve is somebody, is God, God is awesome. Jesus is awesome, and I, I should be able to feel faithful all the time, but... There's times in our life when we just don't feel faithful. You know, there's times in our life where we see things and it's hard to believe that God can do something. Um, so I kept praying, you know, God, lead me to something that's going to inspire me. Lead me, lead me somewhere in my studies and, and uh, in my faith that will inspire me. And, and one thing that God led me to was studying out biblical faith. Studying out, okay, what does faith mean in the Bible? What does God say faith is? And what does it mean to have faith? So the first question we have today is, what is biblical faith from the first point of what is faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We'll go there. Hebrews 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. I think sometimes when I read this passage, I'm like, man, I kind of glance over it. You know, like, okay, this is... It's a cute little scripture, you know. But sometimes I just glance over it, but what's, what's crazy about it is that faith is confidence and assurance about what we can't see. And in other translations it says being certain of or sure of something that you cannot see. That's a high calling, right? Like God's calling us to believe in something that we don't physically see in front of us. That to me, that, that's, that doesn't make sense. But, but I want us to look at some examples in life, that we put our faith in all the time. Right? So I'm going to go through a couple of examples here. They might be familiar. But going to a restaurant. Right? You go to a restaurant, you order something on the menu, 
And you have the faith that if I say this order correctly and in the way that I want it, that I'm going to get what I asked for, right? It's like, and you trust that the guy in the back ain't going to burn your food. You trust that he ain't going to do nothing crazy to it. You know, <laughs> you just trust that what you say, you're, you're going to get it, right? And so we put our faith in that. Uh, for me, I just moved here about a month ago. And one of the most challenging things for men in general is when you move somewhere, you got to find a new barber, okay? So that's, that's, I spent an hour online, an hour online, looking for a new barber that I can have, you know? And for some reason, it's like this relationship you have with your old barber, you know, if you, if they find out you're going to somebody else, it's like you're cheating on them, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's a big deal. But I think one of the biggest things I needed to make sure of before I go to a barber is that he's not going to push my hairline back. That's one thing. Brothers, could you relate? Don't put my hairline back. I don't want to see no, you know, five o'clock shadows in my head, you know? This, that's something that, you know, I got to make sure before I go to a new barber. And so I spent a lot of time on that. And so, amen, I found a new barber. Hopefully he looks okay. All right, amen. All right. So, and he did a good job. Gave him a nice tip, too. So uh, I want to speak also for the women, right? It takes a lot of faith to find someone you can trust with your eyebrows, right? You want to get your eyebrows done, man, it takes some faith, man. You need some recommendations. You need, because, I mean, a, a little inch of some threading off, it's like, it's over, you know? <laughs> and so it, it takes some faith to find somebody who's going to do them for you that you can trust, right? And, and, and I want to talk to the Mary brothers real quick. Um, it takes faith to know that she's going to say yes when you get on your knees. Right? I mean, you get advice, you try to talk to her best friend, you know, you get anxious, you go to, the, you go to buy the ring, you know, and then, and then sometimes you got to finance it, sometimes you pay it cash, right? Probably takes a little bit more faith to finance it because now you're in a contract and it's like, oh, i got to pay this no matter what happens, right? So it takes faith for her to say yes, it does, right? All right. But man, when, when, you, when she says yes and then you hug her and it's all good, it's like, amen. Uh, but it requires faith. But see, every day and in the world today, we see that we, we put faith in restaurants, we put faith in all these different things. And, but what about our faith in God? You know, what about our faith in God and what He can do? Because I, I believe that we've really been conditioned and taught that I won't believe something until I see it. That's kind of how we've been, you know, conditioned just in this world today. And that's why it's so hard to be faithful, because we're bombarded over and over again that why you are believing in something that you can't even see. Why are you believing in something that doesn't even make sense, right? And so we bombarded with that every day. The world suppresses faith on a daily basis. So it only makes sense that this is a battle that we're going through. It is a battle. Hebrews 11, verse uh, 6, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Whoa, really? Like, without faith, it's impossible to please God? Like, there's no chance? That's what the Bible says. It's impossible. It can't happen. Right? But because that's true, that means it's also important to know what isn't faith. We have to understand what isn't faith. And so this is what is not faith. So I'm going to go through some things here on the slide. Uh, one of them is faith is just believing that there is a God. That's it. It's just like this belief that there is a God. And But when you look at James chapter 2, which we'll read later, it says that even the demons believe that. Right? So faith in God isn't just, have, isn't just about believing in God. 
It says the demons believe that. But the demons don't follow Jesus. So that's no different than somebody just believing that there's a God. Right? So faith is not just believing in God. Faith is not a feeling. Right? Or, or just a moment of feeling good about who God is. You know, faith is a lifestyle. It's an action. It's not just wishful thinking. Well, I, I wish this would happen or, you know. And the, the word if, and someone who's faithful, the word if isn't even in their prayers. It isn't even in their vocabulary. Like, if is not even, that's something that we try to refrain from something because we believe that there's a God that can do something, right? So faith isn't God if you can or if you will or those things. Uh, third one here is faith is not only having faith in circumstances that are good. That makes sense? So, like, faith isn't like, all right, everything's going well, so I'm super faithful, right? It, it's, faith is Faith is faith no matter what the circumstances are, right? Faith is, I believe, no matter how bad a situation is. And so sometimes we can equate faith by the circumstance of just where we're at in our lives. And Satan can really get us with that. But I want us to read uh, the Hall of Faith, right? Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read through just some, uh, some men in the Bible that were absolutely faithful in what God has done because of their faith. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We're just going to read verse 3 to 12 uh, to really uh, see, see the uh, amazing stories of faith that we see here. Hebrews 11, starting in verse 3. It says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out, made out of what was visible. By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he commended the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Even though he did not know where he was going. I mean, I had to read that twice. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. We'll stop there. You know, when you read about this hall of faith, man... They all just believed that God can do something, and they did it. And God was able to do incredible things through their faith. You know, Noah, you know, he's building an ark. There's no sign of a storm. I'm pretty sure his neighbors were like, what is this man doing? <laughs> he's over building this thing. Like, they're probably laughing at him, ridiculing him, because he looked crazy doing that, right? And Abraham, you know, he had no idea that, I mean, he had faith that Sarah was going to have a baby at her age, Right? So we see that too, with uh, Sarah having Isaac at 90 years old. 
That takes a lot of faith, believing that. You know, it's, and I think the main point of all this is that when it comes to faith in God, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's not, it's not logical to the world's standards. I'm sorry, but if you're a logical person, God's, faith in God supersedes that. Logic can't hold God back from doing anything. Faith oversees that. And God, when you have faith in God, it doesn't make sense to the world. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, let's look at some things that Jesus even said. He says here in the Sermon on the Mount, I'm going to quote some from the Sermon on the Mount and some other scriptures, but, you know, Jesus didn't make sense to people, right? When he called people to follow him. You know, one of the things he said, he said, love your enemies, right? Whoa, that don't make no sense. I got to love people that I don't like. I got to love people that treat me wrong, right? That don't make sense. Jesus like, what? what are you talking about, right? You know, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself. Jesus, that means if I follow you, I can't live the way I want to live? Like, I, I can't do the things that I want to do? That don't make sense, <laughs> right? If you lose your life, you'll save it. If you lose your life, you'll save it? That don't make sense either, Jesus. Do not worry, Matthew 6. Jesus, have you not seen the crazy things that have happened in my life? You see what I'm going through right now? Don't worry. What? Uh, I'm sorry, but following Jesus doesn't make logical sense to me. All right? I will die for the sins of the world, and I will rise on the third day. Guys, do you know how much faith it takes to believe that a man died and resurrected three days later? Guys, that's what we believe. That's what we believe. And guess what, guys? We're crazy. We're nuts. We are wild for Jesus. We don't make sense. Our faith doesn't make sense to people, but it makes sense to God. And that's the only thing that matters, right? Is that our faith in God is what matters. We're crazy for God. And guess what? The world is not going to make sense to the world. And that's okay. But my question to you is, does your life make too much sense? Does everything, have, does everything have to make so much sense for you to have faith? It doesn't for a cheeseburger you order at Burger King, right? But it hasn't. Doesn't life make too much sense? Is it enough to just believe that because God said it? I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to do. That's going to lead me to point number two. It's going to bring all this together. Point number two, faith takes action. All right? So in order for us to have this faith that doesn't make sense, but makes sense to God, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to share some stories with you as well. Uh, same period, but. So James chapter 2, we're going to go there, uh, verse 14 to 26. Very challenging passage, but um, inspiring at the same time. So James chapter 2, verse 14 to 26. This is James talking about faith, because there were some people that were, there's some background, but there were some people that believe in, that were thinking, man, if I just have faith in God, if I just believe, you know, everything will be alright. You know, like, I don't really have to do anything, you know, I was baptized, everything's good. So, here's what James has to say. James 2, was 14, 14 uh, 26, says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but has no deeds, can such faith 
save them? Suppose a brother or sister without clothes and daily food. Sisters without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was accredited as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. I am a friend of God. I love that song. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deed is dead. Wow. There's some strong statements from James, right? He's just saying how, like, what good is faith? What good is believing in someone if your life doesn't match what you believe? That's what he's saying. In the overpowering messages, what we believe only counts as long as it affects what we do. That's the only way faith counts. The only way it matters if what you believe is being put into practice. Another thing that's convicting here was that there was a popular author, uh, Brennan Manning, who said this thing, uh, said this quote, He said, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and deny him by their lifestyle. This is a guy, this was a guy who was an atheist and then came to belief in Christ. But he actually said this when he was atheist, which was like crazy. And so that's one of the biggest things we see in the world today is that the people that say they believe in God, but their lifestyle is totally different. Right? And, and it's not matching what they believe in. And that's something, as us as disciples, we've got to have a faith that we don't only say we believe, but people just see our lives and they believe. I mean, this is our lifestyle and how we live gives people so much inspiration and faith. And I want us to look at Matthew 14, verse 22 to 33. We're going to look at Peter, right? I'm going to do a little study on Peter today in this point. So Matthew 14 i to get there myself. All right, you guys with me? Sweet. Amen. Matthew 14, verse 22 to 33. So just some context here. It's funny because Halloween's right around the corner. And the reason why I'm saying this is because Jesus is actually walking on water, and the disciples thought it was a ghost. You know what I'm saying? So they saw Jesus walking on water, and they were like, man, bro, is that a ghost? Who is, who's that? Right? I mean, I would have been freaked out, too, if I saw Jesus walk, you know, a guy in general walking on water. But it takes faith to even believe in that, right, that that happened. But, but here in uh, Matthew 14, verse 22 to 33, we're going to walk through uh, Peter's interaction, interaction with Jesus. Starting in verse 22. It says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples go into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land. Befetted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, 
Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down on the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. He was a little faith said, Why did you doubt? Okay. So we'll, we'll start here. Verse 27. You know, Jesus is, they're afraid, right? So Jesus understands that there's fear in the, in the disciples, right? They're, they're afraid. And Jesus says here, verse 27, he says, Take courage in his eye. Don't be afraid. It was amazing about this phrase, don't be afraid or fear not. I actually got a chance to look, you know, study it a little bit and kind of see how many times do we see this in the Bible. But the phrase, don't be afraid and fear not, is in the Bible, and I've looked at a couple of translations trying to get more accurate on it, but at least 365 times in three different translations. That's like crazy. I mean, that's how many days there are in a year, which is crazy, right? <laughs> so it's kind of around that, that, that much, and it's pretty encouraging that, that, that God understands that we're afraid, but he expects courage. At the same time, he expects faith all the time. I mean, Jesus, he's walking. I mean, Jesus is funny, too, because he's like, I wonder how Jesus even thought about this, man. He's just like, you know, what I'm going to do I'm going to walk on the lake. You know, they're going to think I'm a ghost. Like, he already knows it's going to happen. So I can understand that Jesus had a lot of fun with the disciples, right? But at the same time, he was really good at teaching them things, even in the midst of all that. You know, he was, he was great at it. But God is saying, hey, look, don't be afraid. You know, take courage. And, and why does God put so much emphasis on fear? Like, why is fear? The reason why uh, God puts so much emphasis on fear is because God wants us to live faithfully, but our, but our fears paralyze us. So fear, fear paralyzes our faith. Whenever we want to do something, fear holds us back. And it's different for all of us. We all have different walks of life and it's different things that we're afraid of, but fear holds us back, you know? You know, what are the things in your life that just make you cringe if you know you had to do it? Like, well, what are some things in your life that's like, I want to do that, but no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, there's just that hesitant, you know, hesitant to be faithful. But I want to encourage us, you know, let's identify our fears. Identify, man, what are they? What is something that I'm actually been fearful for a week, a month, a year? What is it? so that I can identify it and attack it with faith. And so let's keep looking at that Peter here, verse 28. This is how Peter responds. He says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. Okay, Peter, we all know Peter was a mess. Let's be real. Like, Peter had did some things that make you go like, what in the world is this man doing? All right? But we look at this and we're like, wow, Peter's pretty faithful here, right? He's like, Lord, if it's you, you know. And you know what? That's faith. That's faith. It wasn't about, God, what you want me to do. It wasn't about, God, what, what makes sense. To Peter, he was like, man, if it's you calling me, I'm going to go. I don't need an explanation. I don't need, you know, X, Y, Z. Peter was just like, man, because you said it. And we see it in other passages. I'm going to come out and I'm going to go do it. I'm going to walk on the water. You know, is, is, what, is, is God telling you something enough for you to be faithful? 
Like just God saying, do this, and I'm just going to do it. You know, and that's something we can really learn from Peter is that his faith, he was so faithful just because God said it. And he decided to go uh, obey. And, and here's the truth, guys. Like, the reason why this is so important is the most powerful times in our connection with God is our one-on-one time with God. That, that's, that's where we're going to be transformed. That's where the change happens. You know, and coming to church is awesome. It's amazing. We need people in our lives. But I'm telling you what, there's going to be times where people ain't going to pick up the phone. I mean, there's going to be times when they ain't going to text you back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even in today's age, we got this thing called iMessage from our iPhone users. All right? Droid. We'll talk later. But iPhone users. <laughs> my iPhone users out there. Yo, what's crazy is that in this new day and age, you can actually see if somebody read your message. I mean, it gives you the time and all that, you know? And it's kind of like, and then you're looking at the message, I'm like, I don't text this brother, this sister, like, two days ago, they still ain't get back to me. You're struggling in your faith, you're, you're doing all that. And it's like, man, and then when you see him, you're like, <laughs> it's like, I've been trying to eat you up, you know, I've been struggling. But, but the thing is, you have to get your faith from God. You know, people aren't going to be there for you all the time. You know, your, your, your one-on-one times with God is what's important. Because there's going to be times where you're just going to be alone. It's just going to be you and God. What are you going to do in those moments? Are you going to be faithful? Or are you going to shrink back? Because we've got we to gotta have that time with God. We have, to, we have to understand that God alone is enough. And that, when we're at that place in our life, and you could probably even think about that, when you're in those moments in your life, you're just so filled with joy. And you're faithful. It's probably because your one-on-one times with God has been invaded. That's, that's, that's the conviction I have, is that our one-on-one times with God are so important. But, but Peter understood, God, if you said so, if it's just me and you, I'm going to come out on the water. And so if God... If Peter can do it, guys, we can too, right? If Peter can do it, we can go out and we can have an amazing stories of faith that can change the world. Verse 29, he says, he says, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. So in, in all of history, Jesus and Peter were the only people to ever walk on water. That's it. Jesus, then it was Peter. If you compare Peter and Jesus, obviously anybody can do it, right? So, but what made Peter's faith active, and the reason why he walked on water, was it because he just believed what God could do? No? No. He had to step out of the boat, right? He had to get up out of the boat. He had to get on the water. That's the only way his faith could have really worked. And we see here that Peter, in order to really see faithful things happen, especially a miracle like walking on water, you've got to be a risk taker. Okay? You've got to be willing to take risk if you want to do amazing things for God. And I think, even, that, even for me naturally, I, I love comfortability. I love being comfortable. I like not doing something that I'm not sure of. You know, I wrestle with that a lot, and I'm sure a lot of us can relate. But being a risk taker is amazing because it's the only way we really get to see God do something. When it's like, I, I'm 
raising my hands, I ain't doing nothing here, this is God doing. The only way you can see that is if you're taking risks and you're having faith. You know, and, and one thing that's interesting about this, this story as well is that Peter was the only one that did it. Understand that there were other disciples in the boat. There was other disciples in there, right? I don't know what they were doing. I think they were probably looking at Peter like, yo, what is this man? He's out of his mind, you know, trying to do this. You know, some of them are probably uh, criticizing him or some people are probably inspired, like, whoa, you know, he's doing this. But, uh, but I think what's interesting about this is that this story, it puts people in two categories, if you really think about it. You know, it's, it's people that watch others make things happen and there's people that actually make things happen, right? So it's Peter... He's the one to actually make things happen. But the disciples in the boat are like, nope, I'm inspired, but I'm not going out there. I'm inspired, but you know what? Me? Nah, I don't think I'm going to do it. And that's real. That, that happens all the time in our world. I mean, we look at our devices, we get super inspired by seeing all the things that go on in the world. Right? Damn, you know, like, all these different stories, all these inspirational things. But when it comes to our life, we're afraid. We're afraid to have that same impact, that same faith, to really step out and be risk takers. That if God says something, I'm going to do it. And that's what Peter exemplified. He was like, man, look, I'm going out there. I'm going to step on the water. I'm going to act on my faith. And I'm going to make this happen. And you know what, Peter? He did drop. He did. He dropped, right? <laughs> he, said he was on water for a minute. But the only reason why he dropped is because he kept his eyes off Jesus. That's it. He lost his faith because he wasn't focused on Christ. And that's what happens in our faith. When we're not focused on Christ, we drown in our faith. We, 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 we go crazy. We, we just don't. It's because the focus isn't on Jesus. And so we got to decide to be the ones that are going to step out, make things happen, and not be the ones that watch and just stay inspired, but help us to go out on water so we can inspire others as well and make an impact. So guys, I, I want to share a story with you guys. Um, in my life, that wow, the pixels are off on that. So, anyways, that's me in the top middle. Just saying. So, <laughs> um, I got a Chromebook, by the way, guys. Shout out to my Chromebook users, but stuff like this can happen, all right? <laughs> so, I want to share a story just from 2015. Um, so, I was a, I was a summer intern with the campus ministry, and I was uh, I was at a campus in New Jersey called Bergen Community College. The reason why I see number one is because it has been the number one community college in New Jersey for years. You know, it's been amazing. Um, But I was there to lead a Bible talk every day. I mean, Monday through Thursday, back to back. And it was exhausting. It was was tough. But I tell you what, I've grown so much from that that time. And I remember just at the end of the summer, I'm like, all right, well, now I've got to get back. Because the school I was going to was William Patterson University. And I was just here for the summer. And so, you know, no one one became Christian. I just kind of felt like man, I, I put all this work in and I didn't get to see any fruit, right? I mean, you ever experienced that before? You put a lot of work in, it's like, what? What's going on? And so I, I just felt like, man, like, what's the point, like, of just leaving and then leaving all this behind, all this work I put in this summer? And, you know, and I just felt, I felt downcast. I felt like, man, like, what am I going to do? You know, I want to, I want to stay here. I want to continue to build this ministry. And so you know, I went back home and I thought about it. And I'm like, what if I transferred here? What if I just transferred here and just kind of started the Bible talk here? Um, and, again, it was crazy. So I only got advice about it, talked to a couple people, and they were like, what? <laughs> you know, you try to transfer from a four-year to a community college? 
why would you do that, you know? But I was telling him, like, you know, I had this vision in my heart to really see something happen here because there was so much potential. Um, but, you know, I got some advice. I prayed a lot about it. And a couple weeks before that semester started at the community college, I ended up transferring all my information there. Um, after much prayer and advice. I didn't just loosely do it. But I got a lot of prayer and advice, and I did that. And, and guys, like two weeks in, I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't know what car I was going to have. I didn't, I didn't know anything. All I had was just this vision on my heart that I just want to build God's kingdom. That's all I knew. That's all I had, literally. I had no money, no job, nothing. So, yeah, it's crazy. So then I just pray, like, God, you're just going to work it out. Like, if you really, you know, it's, you said in Matthew 6 that we seek first your kingdom, you're going to take care of it. And I just be- that's all I knew, and I just believed it. And then a week later, my mom calls me. Calls me. And, uh... And when she calls me, you know, we're talking a little bit, and she's like, hey, you know, I, I noticed you needed a car, and I didn't talk to her about any of it. I noticed you needed a car, so I ended up buying a new one, and I wanted to give my old one to you. This is literally a week after, right? And so she gives me this beautiful 2008 Audi A4, like, for free, right? And I'm like, no way, you know? And then she gives me this car, and I'm like, all right, now I got a car. Right? So I applied for the bookstore on campus, and then this all happened within a week, guys, in a week. I got a call back from the manager and say, hey, look, can you start tomorrow? You know, oh, just do the interview today. We'll start tomorrow because we really need people because school's about to start. And I got a job in that same week. <laughs> right? So now I got a job, and I got a car I can pay insurance for, amen. And, and then after that, and then after that, you know, our campus minister, Rob Novak, kind of went around. He didn't tell me, but he went around and kind of asked people, hey, we have a brother who's trying to live somewhere close to campus because he's trying to, you know, transfer there and everything. And within that same week, a family in the church called me, the Heredias. Some of you guys might know who that is from New Jersey. Contacted me. They said, hey, you heard you need a place to stay. You can live with them, you know. And so they let me live with them. And you know what's even crazier about that? They lived right around the corner from the school. No, I'm kidding. I could walk in five minutes right to the school. Crazy. So, see, God gave me even more with a car. I could have walked to school, but he gave me a car too, you know. And so I couldn't tell you how encouraged I was. Like, I just couldn't believe all that happened. And so we started school and everything. It was like, you know, we want to become a club on campus. So we got the paperwork done. We became a club on campus. This was who we started with. And it was just me and a sister there at first. But because of me going there and deciding, you know, I have a vision, anybody who wants to come be part of this, come part. Five disciples from years came decided to come and be part of the Bible talk, which is all of us out of there. And then, and it was amazing about that was that we started a club, we started doing uh, food drives and making an impact on campus. And it was an incredible, incredible time. And obviously, we got to see God really bring in the fruit. Let's go to the next picture. Um, so what's amazing about this is in the two years, not even two years, like a year and a half to two years, we got to see seven people baptized. Um, so here, on the top far left, that's Nick Walker. Uh, he was the first baptism we had a month right after school started. And then, uh, the two in the middle of top, Marie and Shana. Now, Marie didn't get baptized at Bergen, but Shana did. And uh, she's doing great. She's in the ministry right now. Uh, Kyrie, top left, um, you're right, is, uh, is Kyrie. And what's amazing is Kyrie actually became my best friend. Like, we're best friends now. 
And he is actually getting trained to be in the full-time ministry right now, uh, which is amazing. Um, to the left here, we have uh, Raymond and Daniel Fiorella. You can't see this man right here because he is getting dunked, for real. You can't even see his face. But that's John. I couldn't find another picture, but that's John Bergen. So there were seven people that got baptized, you know. And I look back and I'm like, how did this happen? All I did was I said, you know what? I just believe God's going to be. And I'm going to have faith. I'm going to go. I'm not going to care about what people think. And guess what? It was crazy. Not even people that people that were disciples, people that were not disciples. It was crazy, right? For me to decide to leave a four-year school to go to a two-year school and actually finish getting my associate's degree there and graduating with over a 3.0 GPA, which was great too. But it was it was just an inspiring time, and it was so amazing. And at the end of my life. This is all that's going to matter. You know, it's, it's all that's going to matter. It's, it's the risk that I've taken because of my faith. And the things I got to see God do for, with my faith, guys. And, and guys, this can be your story. This maybe has already been your story, and you want to see it revived again. But wherever you're at in your faith today, I want to encourage you. God can do something if you take a risk. If you decide by faith that you're going to do something. Mark 10, 26, 27 says... With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. John 14, 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me and will do the works I have been doing, they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. Jesus said, man, you're going to do even greater things than he did. That's a bold statement that even Jesus himself said. And in 1 Peter 1, verse 8 to 10, this is one of the most encouraging passages, uh, and which is why we even have faith, is the end result of it. In verse 8, 1 Peter 1, verse 8, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your Guys, that's what it's all about. Your faith is about heaven. It's about getting to heaven. And it's about getting people there. To seeing that joy. The, the seeing people in heaven with you forever, in eternity. But it can only happen if you decide to take a step of faith to take risks. So I want to leave you guys with this one challenge. This week, I want you guys, I want to encourage you guys, for God, take a risk. Take a risk this week. Do something that doesn't make sense. For God. You got to say for God because... That could mean so many other things, you know what I'm saying? Take a risk this week for God. What is something that's holding you back? Take that risk. And I guarantee you, by next week, if you decide that, we're going to have stories to share with each other. I promise you. That's a conviction I have. That's a conviction that we can all have for God. So what is faith? It's believing and being confident we do not see. And point number two, we have to have faith in action. Decide to step out on faith. Take risks. Let's see God do incredible things with our lives so that we can share them with each other forever, even in heaven still talking about this. Amen? Amen. That's the end of my life.